Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. We'll go in order of the play-by-play from this weekend, starting with volleyball before we get into soccer and the two victories. And we'll set up what's to come tonight on Bulls Unlimited. So we told you on Friday's show, actually, Michaela Washington, who's now a Bulls grad assistant, told you that North Texas is a team that, her word, can get a little obnoxious with the celebrating and that kind of stuff. But in and around, all of that was happening. They were very talented. It was clear. We told you on Friday's show that they were eighth in the country in kills. And they've put together quite an assortment of players. And even though they were 11-11, and you look at the fact that they lost to UCF and Stephen F. Austin in five sets. Those are two outstanding NCAA tournament teams. They lost to Houston in four sets, and you knew this was going to be a close game. This was not going to be what had happened the last two Friday home matches where the Bulls had sweeps. Well, they won the first set 27-25. Won't play the highlight because it was a little bit delayed gratification, a play at the net where it did not look like North Texas's shot attempt actually cleared the net. The point was allowed to continue, and North Texas won it. Three minutes later, upon further review, the Bulls did win the point rightly 27-25. And then North Texas got an early serving run, and Bulls were never in the second set 25-17. We will replay this match. Normally, I don't make it a point to replay defeats. But trust me, the third and the fourth sets were so packed with drama and a career-high performance by Bousse Hazan. We'll start off with her, even though there were bigger moments that you'll quickly hear after. Career-high, 22nd kill, she would end up with 27, so she blew away her career high. But North Texas was just a little too much. Third set, winning it 33-31, and then another close one in the fourth set, 25-23. What you won't hear in this highlight package is the fourth set, the Mean Green really took over at the net defensively. And again, the Bulls almost pulled it out still, but after just getting one total block, In sets two and three, they were too busy putting the ball down and hitting a high number, I guess, to block the Bulls. Seven blocks in the fourth set. It was fun. There was a great crowd at the Yingling Center. Here are some of the thrilling moments on the Bulls' side. Andrade to Dykes, left side of Hazan, goes for a tip, and that is a new career high for Bruce Hazan. She's hit it harder tonight, but she has also mixed it up as well. And 22 kills. For Boussey. Arias in the middle popped up and the Bulls get it look back. Dykes right side, angle nothing on that shot. Galdera has to pass out of system. Rush though gathers her feet, tipped to the tape, knocked around. Thomas gets it up in the air, has on the pass. And Andrade dug up back by North Texas. Rush pounds that ball, but what a dig by Dykes. Thomas over to Maria and that's a point for the Bulls. Amazing, back and forth and Maya Thomas with a dig midway through that lengthy point, 22-21. Even though she gave it a goal. Oh, that ball actually hits off the back of Busse Hazan. And Anis Smith is not going to act like she uh, is sorry about it. <laughs> she hit a Bulls player in the back. If you were a tennis player, you'd hold your racket. She just looked around and said, yeah, I did that. 25-24, what a shot. Johnson. Up the line to Boussey, who's able to shake it off. And now wants it back. Yeah, take that. She said, not me. I was just translating. So Boussey is on after taking one off the backside. He's able to gather herself 
Hitting an error on her previous shot and tied up at 25. 28 apiece. Tip shot by Nikki, knocked back down on the bull side. Left side to Maria, blocked down. Alexis Williams gets it up. Dykes to Maria again. Dug up by Caldera. What defense here. Over the table goes the North Texas player. Bulls get a look. Williams to Dykes. Back run of this. Hey! A blast! I'm telling you, incredible defense. Gotta give a tip of the cap to Aliyah Galdera, who took that second Andrade effort and somehow extended the point. And I didn't see the player was that ran over a table to extend the point, but the Bulls still win it. 29-28. Told you it was good stuff. That was just from the back end of the third set. If you want to hear it all, we'll replay it a couple times on Monday. Even though the Bulls only played one match, I'm guessing Busse Hazam will be on the weekly honor roll. 27 kills, 8 digs. Maria Andrade had 17. Nikki Kashatafe, her second match in a row with nearly double figures in kills and no errors, had 8 and none. Great to see a couple players back on the court. Reagan Kindred, who's been back and forth injured this year. And unfortunately, Leah Schneider came back and made five digs in the first set, but had to depart after that. Still, the Bulls have more than ample help on that defensive line. Maya Thomas, the freshman, 13 digs and six assists. Alexis Williams becomes the second defensive option for a very fun team to watch. But the Bulls do lose, and again, North Texas just a little bit better, I'd have to say. It could have gone either way, but credit to the opponent for sure. So the Bulls drop to 13-8. and eight. They are still 7-3 and three in the conference and can still win the division because they play East Carolina, the team that's ahead of them. However, the dream of winning the conference, I will say, almost officially is out the window thanks to what happened this weekend. And it's credit to SMU. The Mustangs beat Rice in both of their meetings, including a five-setter on Sunday, and those are the best two teams in the league. So SMU has already played the other two top teams, Wichita and Rice. SMU is 10-1 and in the conference. Wichita is 9-1. and Now, those teams split when they played each other. I suppose if Wichita wins out, then you could have some drama at the top of the league. But Wichita still has to play Rice. So I'm guessing that SMU is going to be your conference champion. And yes, the Bulls do play SMU head-to-head coming up this week. So if they pull off an upset there, then we can revisit the winning the conference thing for now. Winning the division and having a postseason is still possible because, remember, the NIVC is the volleyball equivalent of the NIT. And I happen to know the Bulls would indeed accept a bid to that. It would involve having to actually pay a little bit to enter the 32-team event, but they definitely have that still possibly on. And I wouldn't be surprised if North Texas is in the postseason as well when it comes to that. It was fun to watch, fun to broadcast. We won't have any more volleyball until actually they are back at home in a couple of weeks. And we presume it'll be the two teams still atop the East Division. East Carolina continues to win, sitting at 9-2 and two while the Bulls are 7-3. and three. But the Bulls are on the road for their next four. This week could be tough. They go to Tulsa and SMU. But guess what? East Carolina is at Rice and at Tulsa. So I'm guessing the Bulls will stay in range of first place. Technically, they're a game and a half out of it. Then next week, they're actually at Temple for a pair, while East Carolina gets SMU. There may be more wins on the Bulls' schedule in the next two weeks than there are on the Pirates' schedule. And either way, if they're within, let's say, a game of each other or tied on November 9th, that's going to be a fun couple of days at the Corral, anticipating the battle for first place in the AAC East. And then after that, just three matches left in the regular season. Yeah, there could be a postseason 
for volleyball. Now to soccer. Both teams come away with victories. As we said, Saturday night was a must-win for the men against the UAB team that hadn't won a match all year and had to win to keep its postseason hopes alive. That benefited the Bulls. When UAB's playing for a tie, they can be tough to score against. When they're playing for a win, you get more chances. And Ajmer Spengler took advantage of his, scoring two goals. He had just one coming in. His first goal was SportsCenter's number two play of the day. Came in the first half. A beautiful curling shot, an amazing angle he got on the ball. However, UAB scored five minutes later off a corner kick, and it was one-to-one. And it was still one-to-one midway through the second half, and you couldn't help but get a little bit nervous. I was actually at the game watching it. We had just gotten through with our football broadcast, and had I known that ESPN Plus's microphones were going to cut out, maybe I would have jumped on to just call the end of the game on Bulls Unlimited so you could have heard the highlight, but it's okay. At least there was a highlight. That's all that matters. Ajmer Spengler gave the Bulls the lead with 21 minutes to go. The Bulls were dominating possession at midfield. Take Mariyama found a nice little opening and sent Spengler goalward. He still had plenty of work to do. Instead of going for curl, he went for power from about 25 yards inside the right post. And unlike last year when UAB scored with just five seconds left to hand the Bulls a 2-2 tie, they were not about to let that happen this time as they kept the ball. Basically, they played keep away. They kept it in UAB's defensive end, and the Blazers just didn't have anything. Had the Bulls tied this one, they would be needing help right now to make it to the conference tournament. Instead, they are in sixth place, which is the last spot Six teams get into the AAC tourney out of nine, but they control their fate. Why? Because the two teams ahead of them are just two points ahead of them, tied for fourth, those being Memphis and FAU, and those are the two teams that the Bulls play. So we'll talk more about them later on in the week, but the Bulls play Memphis on the road Friday night. Even a tie there keeps the Bulls' hopes for fourth place alive, and why is fourth place important? Because you will be hosting a conference tournament game. Only bummer about the game was seeing Nick Scargill, one of their starting defensive players, in a walking boot. However, they still have Brian Schaefer. He played the full 90 minutes on a three-man back line with Luca Holenstein and Jamon Barkley also playing 90 minutes. The freshman midfielder Pedro Fife and defensive mid Take Mariyama. It was a great weekend for the Bulls defensive midfielders who had never pointed, much less scored a goal in their Bulls careers because Mariyama got his first assist on the game-winning goal. And Maddie Schwarzenberger, women's soccer, in her fourth season, doesn't try and shoot, doesn't try and score, had no goals and no assists, now has a goal. And it was the game winner in a one nothing victory. Yes, do not adjust your digital dial. That is another one nothing victory for the Bulls. They have won four of their last five, all by one nothing scores. The only exception was a 1-1 tie at Rice on Thursday. And I put the video out on my Twitter X page. The only goal they've allowed in their last five games was on an absolute imagined penalty that Rice was able to convince the referee to call. But back to what happened on Sunday, the crazy part of this. As we told you on Friday's show, Bulls tied Rice out shooting them 28-8. UTSA, scoreless tie with FAU out shooting that bunch of owls 19-3. So both teams were determined to let the other get more shots apparently in this game because there was only one shot from each team in the first half. Final count ended up barely in the Roadrunners' favor only because they were desperately trying to score at the end and got a few shots to take a 5-4 lead. That's right. Less than 10 shots total in this one. The Bulls' first shot in the first half, final minute of the first half, was off of a free kick earned by Sarita Thurton. Vivian Bissett put it into play, 
and Schwarzenberger tried to head it in first, tipped it in with their foot. You could see the great celebration. Actually, there was a photographer there at the game, and I put this out on my Twitter page. A great shot of her reacting to her first career goal, and the Bulls held on for the win, and they are in first place in the East, once again getting outside help to knock off East Carolina, the team that handed the Bulls their only conference loss. It was kind of a crazy Sunday afternoon around the conference where you had East Carolina trailing at the half against North Texas on the road 2-0. And at that point, as long as the Pirates and UTSA, who the Bulls were playing, didn't both come back to tie, you knew the Bulls were going to be in first place. Or there was the other thing, Bulls hold on to win, but East Carolina comes back and wins, which almost happened. Pirates ended up tying that game, but since it was a tie and the Bulls held on, they're back atop the East Division, meaning the two seed for the conference tournament. They can be no worse than the third, which means they're on the other half of the bracket from number one seed and one of the best teams in the country, Memphis. That's where you want to be. Memphis is 14-1 overall, 8-0 in the league. Bulls are 9-5-2 overall, 5-1-2 in the league. By the way, the men still below 500 in both the conference and the league, but if they win their last two, they'll take care of both of those items. I said it was a crazy Sunday for the women's game. We mentioned how North Texas was up 2 nothing at half at home, but tied East Carolina. Well, UAB, which had just one conference win, was leading at the half at Tulsa 2 nothing and lost 4-2. to two. So the teams that blew 2 nothing leads right now sit in the 8th and ninth spots in a 12-team conference, and the top eight get in. So Thursday night is going to be a wild last night to the regular season. And speaking of wild, I'd say for sure that the coaches would agree, both Bob Utehorn and Denise Schulte-Brown, their toughest conference results came against Charlotte this year for the men, giving up a goal with 16 seconds left for the women. That was the famous 0-0 game where replay showed Getiana Fentai's goal crossed the goal line. I just called it a goal because it was a goal, but it wasn't counted as a goal. Well, guess what? Right now it's lining up for the possibility that both the men and the women could play Charlotte in their conference tournament openers. And oh, by the way, that men's team that celebrated when they scored that goal with 16 seconds left right in the middle of the Bulls bench and kept hooting and hollering long after the game and there was pushing and shoving on the field, that Charlotte team is right on the NCAA tournament bubble. So not to look too far ahead, wouldn't it be something if the Bulls ended Charlotte's season for a second year in a row? But we're a ways away from that. We're not a ways away from softball live tonight. Why are we carrying the Bulls? Well, first of all, they're playing Team Puerto Rico. Secondly, there is more than a small connection with Bulls coach Carla Claudio Rivera and two players who were standouts as freshmen last year, Kathy Garcia and Camille Ortiz Martinez, all on the Puerto Rico team, which is qualified for the World Cup. So really cool event to be a part of tonight. Wanted to bring it to you live, and we will on Bulls Unlimited. In fact, we're the only place you can get it because it will not be video streamed. So don't forget that. We'll be on the air right before 6 o'clock. So no normal show on Wednesday. We're just going to roll out interviews, but you'll definitely want to tune in for that. Members of both the men's and the women's basketball teams. And I might try and interview Madison Schwarzenberger after her first career goal and ahead of Thursday night's women's soccer game. Bulls speed ahead with Michael Kelly airs Tuesday at 7 for the first time. And don't forget extended highlights of the football win upon further review with myself and Jim Lauk. You can get our schedule at GoUSFBulls.com. Just go to the Fans tab and you'll see Bulls Unlimited. Thanks for listening to Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.